May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So today is the day of Pentecost. It is a festival day and we wear red to commemorate the event. And I see a lot of red out there, so good job. And today we hear this remarkable story, a story full of drama and excitement. Sounds like the rush of violent wind filling the house, tongues of fire dancing over the heads of the people. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages and they understood each other. Some who heard were amazed, or they were perplexed, or others sneered that it was just the wine. And Peter, well, Peter, finally found his way, raised his voice, began a sermon that would lead to the conversion of over 3,000 people in one day. And so begins the story of the church. Barbara Brown Taylor in a sermon said that when Jesus let go of his last breath, willingly we believe for the love of us, that his breath hovered in the air in front of him for a moment and then was set loose on the earth, a breath so full of passion and so full of life that it didn't simply dissipate, but it grew. It grew in strength and in volume until it was a mighty wind which God sent spinning through that upper room that day of Pentecost. And there the disciples were hiding behind closed doors, afraid of what came next, assessing the risk of stepping outside the door until a veritable hurricane of sound and fire and wind blew them out to do the work that God had given them to do filled with the Holy Spirit. The disciples were able to understand and communicate in such a way to understand others, speaking the language of peace, peace in every language of the known world. The people gathered that day in Jerusalem, each comprehending the words of the gospel, hearing the words of Jesus in their own language. One writer said that what the crowd found so baffling was that God would speak to them in their own language, that he would welcome them in this way, as if to say, on this day, the day the church begins, all are welcome, all are loved. So words in language are so important in this Pentecost story And yet we are living in a time when words have become toxic. People speaking in other languages are suspect. We are routinely hearing words that demonize entire groups of people because of their sexual identity or their ethnicity or their religion. While at the same time, we're seeing attempts to suppress and destroy words taught in classrooms or in books. And as we watch these divisions play out in our country and in our communities, each day it becomes more difficult to understand each other 
even though for the most part we speak the same language. So more than ever, we need to see our common humanity and our connection to one another. An army general was asked what concerned him the most at this time in our country. And he replied, the lack of a fundamental friendliness, which is probably a polite and understated way of speaking about the toxicity of our language and our actions at times toward the other and toward each other. And into this moment of disarray, pain and uncertainty, Pentecost comes. And one writer says that it's no small thing that the Holy Spirit loosened tongues to break down barriers on the birthday of the church. God compelling people to engage with those who spoke other languages, people who were different, people of different colors, different cultures. And in face of those differences, in the face of fear, Jesus breathed peace, his peace. A peace that calls us to live in right relationship with one another and with God. Out of our deep differences, God is calling us to listen to one another, to try and understand one another. So, for over 2,000 years, we have celebrated this day as the birthday of the church. But what does this fantastical story have to do with us today? The wildest we ever get in church anymore is if we do the Acts reading with multiple people reading in different languages. And even that we do with restraint. So no one is going to accuse us of being drunk at 9 a.m. in the morning. But I'm watching you all. The author Annie Dillard would say that Really, we are underestimating the power of the Holy Spirit that was unleashed that day, a power that is still very much present. She goes on to say, it is madness to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to the pews. For the sleeping God may wake someday and take offense. Or the waking God may draw us out to where we can never return. Barbara Brown Taylor would go on to say that Holy, the Holy Spirit is downright dangerous. Because she is at work, whether we like it or not even if we don't recognize it, or agree with it, or accept it. Jesus comes into our lives just as he did with the disciples in that upper room 2,000 years ago, saying, peace be with you. And he breathes on us, saying, receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus saying, receive the Holy Spirit, is not... It is not an invitation. The Greek indicates that this is a command. Here, take it. And I do believe 
that all of us, at some time or another, have felt the Holy Spirit throwing through our lives. We may not realize that's what it was, but it was the Holy Spirit that sent us off in directions that we never would have thought of. Rearranging things, opening things up. For me, it was a ruined church far away from home, standing in the rain, and the Holy Spirit blew, blew through and rearranged my life forever. When has your life been upended for the good? Where you found a new beginning? When you thought everything, everything had ended, and it hadn't or a relationship repaired that had been long gone, a life renewed. And in this tired old world that at times seems to be awash with suspicion and tribalism and fear and division, the Holy Spirit makes things happen and compels us out into the world, opening our eyes to see Jesus in each of our fellow human beings to love one another as we are so loved, to see each other and know that we're all in this together, each one of us created in the image of God, helping us to find new ways to encounter God and our neighbor. And so at the end of the day, The Pentecost story is, it's not about the spectacle and the drama and wearing red. And it really doesn't matter where you are, here in church or at home or at work. Pentecost still comes. And the Holy Spirit keeps showing up where we least expect it, when we least expect it showing up right where we're at, ready or not. It's about the transformation of ordinary, everyday people, just like you and me. People who are flawed and imperfect, or afraid, or skeptical, or angry. It's about God once again rearranging our lives and disrupting our hard-won complacency with the status quo, pushing us, pushing us out the door to do the work that we've been given to do, to feed the hungry, to stand with the oppressed, speak up in the face of injustice so that something new and beautiful can come into this world. And that's still what Pentecost is all about, pulling us together as one human family, calling us, calling us to recognize that we are all beloved children of God. So take a deep breath and just keep breathing. Some might say it's just the air we're breathing in and out, but you and I know it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. Here, take it. So let us put on our crash helmets, lash ourselves to the pews, and let the Holy Spirit blow through 
changing our lives and this tired old world we live in forever.